They're bad. They're boys. And occasionally, they talk about running. Yes, it's the Bad Boy Running Podcast with your hosts, Jody Rainsford and David Heller. Come back. Baby, come back. But the bye, 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 bye. But the bye, 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 bye. I must admit I was a clone to be messing around. But that doesn't mean that you have to leave town. But the bye, 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 bye. Hello, Jenny Rainsford. Hello, Elizabeth. Hello, David Hellard. How are you doing? I'm all right, thank you. How are you? Um, oh, yes. Uh, we're rushed, aren't we? I haven't really thought about how I am. It's been one of those weekends where... <laughs> well, wait a minute, wait a minute. Wait a minute, because what, what we would normally do, say, well, well before lockdown and well, well before, you know, we were both, I, I had gout and you were injured, we'd always ask, you know, how, how our running's been that week. I would always ask about, you know, the progress that we've made or what we've got coming up and stuff like that. And I feel like we need to get back into that. And I understand that you are, because you're, you still have a, a bruised pelvis or, 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 or whatever the thing is that you've got bruised, um, you are trying to test out an alternative sport. What, maybe it's time to reveal what that is. Oh, have I told you this then? You have, have told you, me have you got spy? Okay, I thought maybe it was spy. Yeah, I'm now, well, I'm not there yet. I'm becoming a roller skater. Bum, bum, bum. I love the 80s vibe on this. <laughs> it, it's not rollerblades, is it? Is it roller skating? No, we went for, I don't, apparently blades are faster, but harder to start with. And uh, roller skates, a little bit cooler and easier as well it to start with. So. Rollerblades bla- roller were the thing in the 90s. In the early nineties, do you remember? Just all you you couldn't you couldn't go through school for tripping up on rollerblades. They would just be everywhere. I missed out on that era, really, the rollerblade era. But um, can you, you skate? Horse, horse and carriage? Did you exactly? Like, exactly. Yeah, exactly. When you have foot, a footman, why do you need uh, you know these ways of travelling <laughs> around? <laughs> yeah, I mean, are you a skater? Oh no, I never, I never did it. I never, I was never interested in it. It just, it didn't interest me in any way of, of doing it. But it, it was just so ubiquitous. It just felt not like even everybody, everybody had. Is it, was it Bowers? Bowers, the the. Uh, yes, the that's right. As well, they were like eight times <laughs> the size of your foot. You're like they are. So, it might, the weight of those things could have you could have killed people with them if you could. Have, like, <laughs> Well, they're kind of similar now. Um, they're not what we've got in the background, but... Oh, God, what, comes, yeah. what do the roller skates look like? Because I'm, I'm thinking of those strap-on roller skates that you used to get like when you, <laughs> when you were really that. young. That oh, is a sexy cool. skate. Oh, of course, of course. But we, we went out for my birthday, Briggy and I. She put on a little day for me. And she'd never skated before either. We went to Hyde Park. And we both wore full padding, <laughs> wrist guards, <laughs> and then, <laughs> and I'll tell you, on a Tuesday afternoon, the only people who are skating in that park of Hyde Park are good skaters. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, we, without having any coaching or anything, just gave it a go. And um, yeah, it's, it's good. The trouble is, I, Bruce has been away this weekend, and I've, I've thought, I'll get out there. and. I'll practice a bit by myself, just in my local streets. But there are bloody speed bumps everywhere and potholes. 
and it's just really tricky because there's very few quiet roads near where I live, even the side streets. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I went out and did a few laps and I was I was laughed at uh, almost instantly when I did that thing with your feet going and oh, you're yeah. just, it looks like you're almost dancing in a 1920s swing style. Um, just stay afloat. So, yeah, I'm, we're, I'm trying to... I'm trying to skate now because apparently it's good for my injury and it is a form of exercise I can do, which if we, the, the idea was it would be super cool to be able to do it together and then we could skate around the parks, we could skate, but actually I'm beginning to realise we're going to be some distance from having the ability to actually skate anywhere in London because of road, traffic, various other things and even parks, you know, hills are a nightmare neither of us can figure out how to stop so yeah it's if, don't, you have a big, I, don't you have a big fat bumper on the front that you just you have to do the most you know, unrealistic move where you like you move your knees forward in order to try and stop it does do they do, I, does it like it roller skates again i've not done that move oh yeah so, you've yeah got a got, big bumper at the front yeah you have to do stop kind of, you have to do kind of like a michael jackson ooh type thing don't you like with, on your tiptoes to to kind of stop I mean, that seems like an all-or-nothing strategy because... <laughs> it's incredibly <laughs> dangerous. Why is it not at the yeah. back? Why is it well, not at the back? That's a good question. And the, the strategy I've been told is to try and drag your foot behind you until it catches. But I've not been able to do it without a job to myself. But who, who knows? Maybe in a few weeks' time you'll see me and I'll be in a, a sling, which will be perfect for the wedding. So, oh, oh, that's... Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Let that one out. Uh, okay, married. <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> yeah, two weeks. I've just been out today buying a wedding suit. What I um, love, what I love about this is that a couple of weeks out from a wedding, you decide to take up an incredibly dangerous sport <laughs> that you haven't done before in the, in the centre of London where there is a, a, a distinct possibility that you could end up with gashes on your face, broken arms, limbs, stuff like that. I, I, I love it. Your timing here is absolutely perfect. I mean, not only that, if you're, maybe it's Briggsy. She, maybe she's getting cold feet because she's also bought me this. Oh! And for the viewer at home... There is that is an, an illegal uh, scooter, electric scooter. <laughs> it is, and um, I'm, I'm not sure what the legality to do with that. Well, it's a very nice thought because given that I can't run anywhere and I can't cycle anywhere, her idea is that at least with that I can get to people's places or get to the office yeah. quite easily. But my God, even those are. The turning circle on those is about a 400-metre track. <laughs> so if you combine that with the fact that most corners are where all the crap is on the floor and it, it doesn't accelerate until you're moving already. And so I went up to the first corner and I was there with a car behind me and then started to try and pedal away and it wouldn't go. And then you, you have to swing out into half the way through the lane. So I'm not really sure how I'm going to use it safely in London. Was, was this all Briggsy's suggestions? What's yeah, next? Do you know what? I think 
kind of juggling juggling with axes next maybe we'll try, we'll I, try I have that. recently written my will have written my will my uh my three thousand pairs it's, of trainers are all i own it's the life insurance that's what you need the life insurance just before the wedding so uh, what so okay so so you're getting married in two weeks <laughs> we're getting yeah which i think d banners knew i was getting married at some point and we've we've changed the wedding for the fourth time which has been quite frustrating but we're doing it mainly because Bridget wants to have babies and we've already put our life on hold for that for a year. And uh, my mum's not in her, the greatest health of her life. So we thought, actually, let's just get married, have a little fun one, 15 people, do it in my, in my church where I, I grew up as a kid, go back to, uh, back to church. And two weeks time, by the time you hear this, do badders, it, well, depending when you download it, it will be the day before my wedding. Oh my goodness. Whoa! Wow, wow. Any advice, Jody? You know, perfect marriage? Any any tips? Yeah. Um, ooh, it's really hard because Libby's in the same room as me, right? This time. <laughs> um, <laughs> you can't give honest ones. You've got to give complimentary ones. Um, make sure that you respect your wife um, fully. Um, her okay. opinion. Her opinion is usually correct. Why are you um, winking, JD? Why are you winking so much? <laughs> um, <laughs> a steady supply of um, of sparkling white wine uh, or champagne, champagne or or equivalent. Sorry, I said she, she said champagne. She interrupted that champagne. She told me to not be cheap. <laughs> Have you got? Uh, a, don't, be cheap, don't be cheap. That's the other thing. I thought I, had, I thought Libby had a, a, a sparkling champagne uh, app in the uh, in the house by now. I'm amazed. It's it, it's quite incredible. I think we're we you know no this story this story's not that funny. I was going to tell you <laughs> it's not actually that funny. No, we um, <laughs> I think we're one of the few um, people to ever take their like four year old daughter on a sort of a champagne wine tasting. And we've got these, we've got these pictures of Frida when she was like, when we were in France and she sat there right, all, with all these little glasses of, of champagne sniffing them. And it looks like she's tasted them, but we've got all these photos <laughs> and it's, it, it's hilarious. There is a, there's a real dedication um, with Libby and champagne. She is very much a, a, a champagne connoisseur. And I think it's very important that when you're in a, in a relationship, in a marriage especially, that you make sure that you honor their their interests um, as much as possible. Um, and of course, curtail the things that you really love doing in order to please them. <laughs> this is the only thing that survives, isn't it? You're only interested. She said, she said nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When she's out the room, I'll tell you the other, the other bits. Um, but no, so okay, but this is exciting, okay? This is exciting. Uh, not for the fact that you're getting married and, and, and stuff like that. Does that mean a roller disco is the reception? <laughs> Do they oh, have roller discs? Yeah. They, I, they do very few though. So I used to. That's the only thing I, I did as a kid. Was uh, so I was a kid. That's the only skating I've done is when I went to a roller disco with my sister in a uh, a nightclub in Kings Cross back in the noughties called Bagley's. Um, but I think they do exist. But there's a really good documentary on Netflix where they talk about the death of certain type of skating. It's partly the roller rink, but actually it's a really cool documentary about black roller skating and 
I can't remember the term they gave for it, but people are basically incredibly good and all dance. And so you'd have these different styles of skating that would come from different regions. But the trouble is, all the places that used to be, well, for the documentary is quite interesting. It says, for one, one, one aspect, they have, the, 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 the Black Knight was no longer kind of allowed at certain skate rinks and they'd, they'd change it to a different name and they'd have like no, they, they'd try and ban certain skates that, that uh, black skaters tended to favour. But now actually in, in places like LA and it, it seems like there aren't any skate uh, rinks for them because all the, the locations that used to be warehouses and have space for skate parks are now prime real estate as every yeah. city's grown. Yeah, so I, I I know that, well, there's a recommendation for you for Netflix, but I don't know in the UK. I think you can probably get the odd novelty one. It's, all, where... it's always, it's always I, I always associate um, a roller disco with some kind of assembly rooms in a, or assembly rooms or some kind of uh, a sports uh, hall, hall or, or something mm. like that. So incredibly uncool places um, to have these things with someone on the decks talking, talking over all the music. You know, like... I mean, that's how cool skating is, that it can survive all of that. And still, people still go. <laughs> but a few topical things for we, have you seen Love Trails has been canceled? Ask me about sadly. my running. How's your running? <laughs> My running is excellent, thank you. I know it's just... Is it excellent? It's excellent. Great, great. In what way? In what way? Okay, so uh, for the past sort of six weeks, I've been back in a proper like training program. And yesterday I ran my first over marathon distance on trails um, since I've had gout. Wow, what was it? Uh, I just, all I did is I, I've been meaning to do it for a while. I ran from Haywards Heath to my parents in Goring by Sea, which it, and it turned out to be about 20, 29 miles um, down the Sussex border path along the South Downs Way and um, uh, then along the Monarchs Way and into, into sort of Goring by Sea. And, and just off six weeks training? Yeah, uh, yeah, just off six weeks training. Um, but I've been, I've been uh, importantly, this is the other thing, I've been weight training as well. So I've been doing mobility stuff and been doing weight training. And the, the, the only thing that I wanted to really test with it is to see whether I still got it in my legs to, to do that kind of time, uh, you know, over, over that amount of time and over that kind of distance. And, and how, you know, sometimes you feel like, well, probably not if, you're, if you train properly, but you know, building up to, to sort of those distances. Sometimes you feel like, okay, I just need to smash out this distance just to get it back in my legs, just to get that conditioning back. Just to, <laughs> like, so I, I kind of, I, I feel I know what those longer distances feel like, especially to smash you know, out a 29 miler. Just, just smash uh... it out. Just, just, you know, and see how it goes. It's going to be ugly. It's not going to be pretty. It's going to be slow. There's going to be bits that you kind of regret. Stuff. But actually, you know, I, I found it absolutely fine. It, it, you know, it wasn't particularly quick, but um, you know, the uh, like today, I'm absolutely fine. I think like th things like weight wow. training, I think it's made a massive difference um, in, in my legs and just doing some of the um, 
just following just following a program for six even though it's been six weeks following a program for six weeks seeing kind of real gains in terms of just getting back i mean just after i had gout uh and i put a little bit more weight on and like i sometimes i went out and i'd run like a 5k and i'd have to stop i would it, like my breathing was so so labored and so difficult and just you know, you think when you're like running like that, and it's really funny because we've we've talked to different in, uh, people interviewing, and they talked about how unfit they were, and this is kind of my questioning of them came from from this point, and and then just like leaving all that behind, and just in kind of six weeks, the kind of the speed that I've you know I've been building up, and the strength, and and everything else sort of combined together, as well as eating better, and you know always constantly be worried that that gout's going to come back, but yeah, did it yesterday. Feel absolutely that's amazing so much so i just i went to the gym today and, and just felt great and it's so much better being back at the gym oh my god i know i know majority of the listeners hate the gym but god i i really have missed it i really have but missed do you it. think that's incredible like how long have you been doing gym weights for um last um time? gym weights i've only i've only been doing the uh, sort of gym weights for a couple of couple of weeks but i've been doing more sort of mobility stuff i bought a mobility program off um uh, I saw some an online mobility program. <laughs> I was going to say, off oh, like a big issue guy, or oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, some shade down the pub. Some guy in the back. I bought this like off this guy I met in this pub. Yeah. Um, and what does that I involve? Say, I bought it off of Facebook, but it wasn't off of Facebook. It was, I was retargeted on Facebook after I'd seen it. But um, and. And it seems to be, and it's been really good, and uh, it's incredibly, you know, some of the some of the moves and stuff like that have, I've seen like big big changes in in a, in a few weeks. And I've never really focused on mobility and strength as part of a running training program. And because we've been talking about it so much, it just sort of clicked in my head to think actually that could make a big difference. Um, it's actually part of the overall training program. So no, what I just want to know, all I've got is I've got a separate um, uh, a running program, a separate mobility program, a separate strength program, but that I, I, I kind of combine them all together. Um, and, uh, and yeah, so far, so far it's, it's done a pretty, pretty, pretty good job because I don't, I just, I thought I was going to feel absolutely terrible today. Uh, yeah. And I felt, I feel just, I feel fine. I feel like ready to go out because one of the things that we talked about on, um, I did the interview with Lorna on um, BBRC. So if you uh, if you haven't joined the uh, BBRC club, there's a there's a bonus um, bad boy running club. There's a bonus to, to watch. And I think she's doing interviews with with each of us. Um, but one of the things I mentioned on that was the thing that I really love doing that actually I, I forgot that I really loved doing because I started doing 100 miles was multi day events. And I absolutely love that multi day event, you know, doing it and getting up each day, even that even if it's not massive, num massive distances of it. And, and I want to get back into that again. And that I suppose it's kind of just trying to feel like, you know, I've done this. Could I get up today and run again? And I and I mm. have, and I, and I feel absolutely fine. And I'm I'm just quite surprised how just in how, two weeks. Yeah, just just how how how, how well it's gone. Um, yeah, I think as I start losing a bit more weight and 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 it progresses, it's only, only going to get better. So so uh, you know, I'm I'm really pleased with where I am in terms of in terms of my running at the moment, and um, hopefully it's going to uh, you know. And I say that, and next week I'll I'll get gout. Or something like that. <laughs> but. Well, mate, that is ace. Well, to um to encourage you further, I have uh there's a 5k record that's been set that hopefully won't demotivate you too much. But uh, did you hear about Emma McKee, who ran? She's 
She's 12 years old. What time do you think she's... 55K in 1640. Isn't it 1644 or something? Yeah, 1640. 1640. Yeah, and the previous best was 1716. So she's taken almost... Well, she's taken over half a minute off the world record. Which is insane. If you think my, I think that's only eight seconds slower than my 5K PB. And when I ran that, I was training for comrades. I was doing you know, 80, 90, 100 mile weeks. Yeah, but so, the, thing uh, is, the thing is, what's a 12-year-old got going on in their life, really? Like, they don't have to <laughs> she's, work, just so, she's just solely focused on training. Well, but no, she hasn't she's got any worries or stresses. She lives home rent-free. You know, I... I I defy you know, when you're a professional athlete, you know, and you, you, I mean, what do professional athletes do? They stay somewhere else that they pay for them and they play video games all day. What does a 12 year old do? Probably same thing. <laughs> so they're kind of like professional athletes. Make them go out and work at like eight, nine hour day and then do that at the weekend. And let's just, let's see, let's see the difference then and have all the stresses and strains of trying to, trying to earn a wage. Do so you think, you think 12 year olds should genuinely be, be quicker than adults? Yes, they should be professional athletes. <laughs> I mean, it's it's untraditional viewpoint, but um... <laughs> I bet you there's some program in China or Russia doing that. I bet they you know, come on. <laughs> but um, I, I can imagine if if that was your park run, and you'd been competing against her, and you no no matter how fast you are, even if you beat her, it would be pretty heartbreaking, wouldn't it? I don't old. think children wow. should be allowed to compete in park run. Everyone knows that park runs for, <laughs> for, for middle-aged people trying to trying to get back some semblance of control in their life. They shouldn't allow they shouldn't allow young fit people to do that. That's not that's not what it's about. <laughs> that's against the spirit of park run. Because I was thinking of getting her parents on talk to them. What and saying? What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> but to do it as a like, hey, congratulations! But really, to be testing like for the listener. Do we think these are pushy parents? Like how, 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 how much have they been pushing for this? But it'll be interesting to um, to hear from her in you know, 20 years' time, whether that was a blessing or a curse to run that kind of time at that age. Yeah, you don't want to start showing potential like that that early. I'd have kept, I'd have kept, I'd have, I'd have you'd have run, you'd have eased your way just sort of slightly, slightly. Uh, you know, above the above the world record, and just kept that in your pocket until it until yeah. it matters. Twelve years are are you being scouted? Are you be, you know what's happening at twelve? I don't. How does the system work? Are people are people you know watching you and and deciding? Are are the Olympic scouts there and you know making making decisions on on people? Well, we could do because it doesn't mention. Oh no, she does have a running club. Damn it, Willowfield Harriers. I was thinking <laughs> we, we could give we her. We could get her in BBRC. <laughs> <laughs> we could get her in... Yeah, and just get her in early so that by the time she's an Olympic. What? Suddenly. What we need to do is we essentially need to be trying to find these, these young runners who are like 11, 12 and trying to recruit them into the bad boy running club so that when they. When the... <laughs> so we're represented at the Olympics or something. Well, she's, she's, she probably doesn't have a second claim club yet. So maybe we gift her a membership. We just put her name down and send her the kit. Second claim. <laughs> I'll speak to the committee. I'm game for this. <laughs> well, I'm game for this. I, 
I don't know if the committee will be that keen, given that we're not allowing any other children in the club because it's going to limit how much we can swear and how much silliness and and various other legals. Um, oh, yeah, the well, club, I, the running club's very sensible. The running club's the. I don't know whether I was talking to the, when I was talking to Lorna about this. I don't know whether the running club is like yeah. the nerds, the nerd wing of BBR or the militant wing of BBR. I feel like there's a slight <laughs> comp, but they're, they're either extremists or they're just massive geeks. And I can't, it's, I can't really tell. It's, it's like being the running club of the monster raving loony party. So they even more mad or are they less mad because the, uh, yeah. Um, the running club of the monster raving loony party. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, maybe we should we should just open up the club just to spice it up. We if if people want to suggest people so uh, to be honorary members. So I think um, who's the guy who stands Buckethead, in the election? Lord Buckethead. Buckethead. Lord, Lord Buckethead needs to be part of it. <laughs> Definitely, and people along those lines. Was it Lord Bucket? Wait a minute, it was Lord Buckethead, and there was another one. Who's the one that's running for London Mayor? It's not Lord that, Buckethead, it's another one. That is also Lord Buckethead, but Lord Buckethead has been forced to change his name. To what? It's... I'm going to have to Google this. Because... But... They, he posted, it's something like... He, he posted his manifesto online, <laughs> and I read it, and I was like... Like 18 of those 25 things are actually really good policies. <laughs> it was quite impressive. <laughs> it shows you the kind of world that we live in. One one of his policies was get, was changing the placement of a dryer in a particular set of toilets in a pub in somewhere in London, which I thought was excellent. <laughs> and then he posted a picture of that particular those the dryer in the particular toilets. So you think, yeah, actually that is really awkward. <laughs> Well, because there's Lord Buckethead, and I, I thought that was the same as Count Binface. So, and, and do oh, that from around Binface. the world. Count Binface is the one who's running for mayor, isn't it? Yeah, Count Binface is. But I think Lord Buckethead is the same, because um, I believe Lord Buckethead is actually copyrighted or similar. Yes, that's right. Is there, there's a copyright claim on it. <laughs> so, do badders, if you're, if you're not from the UK, have a Google. If you're on your run, we'll describe it for you. It, I mean, it's fairly simple. What do you think Lord Buckethead looks like? Yeah, like that. What do you think Lord Count Binface looks like? Yeah, like that. Now, it's funny because he happened to stand in the election again. Um, <laughs> in, is it the, it. Was it the same seat as John Prescott? Oh, no. But also, no. maybe not. He, he's, he's always stood against very prominent members of parliament so he stood against boris johnson in his yep. seat in the last election and in british politics when the election results are read out they read them out state by state and we have a very different system where nothing's ever called it is um they announce the exact number of votes at the end of however long it takes but generally that that night and all of the candidates then stand on stage while they read them out and it's, it's delicious because it means you get these really serious members of parliament stood next to Count Binface or Lord Buckethead. And I wonder if this is if this is just British politics that this happens in, that we have that that process where they have the public reading out for every single 
um, every single constituency. But the fact that we do have so many whack people, Dan, that we genuinely love. It's, I mean, it's amazing, actually. I was thinking about this in terms of the Hartlepool election, the Hartlepool mayoral election, didn't they? They had um, the uh, Hangus the monkey stood um, as uh, as for election there, and he won. He won on the, with the policy if he wants to give bananas to everyone, and he he remained the mayor there for I think for three terms. <laughs> Oh, really? he, turned be, he turned out to be really good because he wasn't a career politician. He was just someone who, <laughs> who he was local and everything. But yeah, so but the other thing about um, Count Bimface, yeah, and I've just I've got his mayoral manifesto uh, here because yeah, of course he, he, he you know Uxbridge was his um, his sort of constituency because he was competing against uh, uh, Boris Johnson. Um, but uh, you know he's competing in the in the London uh, mayoral election and. Uh, Lawrence Fox, who uh, I can't remember what's his, what's his party called. It's it, it, it's something about it's some cultural war party or whatever. And he's he spent five million on uh, promoting the party and party political broadcasts and stuff like that. And he's now he's polling slightly behind Count Binface. <laughs> and I've just realised. So this is our intro to a different episode. And Mike has just joined us early because we started late in our record. So this is the end of this episode, do banners. So thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. It's a really short one. So thanks for listening, guys. We won't tell you to re- review if you want, and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Fuck you, buddy.